to watch Survivor and slog through the nadir. Then season 40's awesomeness will make you wanna cheer. We're all just so excited to watch these winners play. But we're still lazy, so this podcast comes out on Friday. John will make some dumb jokes, and he likes to yell and scream. But now we're watching 20 winners play, and it feels like a dream. We'll spend the whole time freaking out and judging the best move. And anything that Tony does, you know that we'll approve. It's the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. Winners at War! Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. I am John, my co-host is Andy, and we are talking episode three of Survivor Season 40, Winners at War. Andy and I are here to help you start the healing process, I guess. Andy, let's let's get some healing in. Why? Why does it, why does it, you present me with such beautiful things and then take them away, world? Why? This is why we can't have nice things. We wanted an all-winner season, and monkey's paw, look what we got. I mean, and we didn't even care that much about Ethan going in. It was like, oh, I'm glad he's on, but whatever. And now, oh, it, it hurts. The hurt, the hurt is deep. It is real. Yeah, and it's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, really unexpected, blindsiding pain right there. Just a lot of levels that's hitting. Um, yeah, I mean, w- within the span of you know two weeks, I went from like eh, Ethan to oh my god, no, not Ethan. It was. Um, Bravo to him, by the way, for, for making that happen. Um, I actually remember the, the last person that made me flip the switch like that. Let's hope Ethan doesn't follow that man's path. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just like, it was a tough, it was a tough loss. And obviously that's what the season's going to be. Um, you know, let us feel the, open yourself up to the pain so that hopefully you can also feel the joys. You know, it's going to be the highs and lows. Uh, this one was uh, particularly difficult, not just in you know, how much we were loving Ethan, but um, how close to what it almost was. And that's, <sighs> I think, the big question is, like, what's worse here? Is it losing Ethan, or was it that we didn't lose Adam? You know, I blame you. Because <laughs> I understand. earlier in the day, um, I'm not going to put all our stuff in the street, but earlier in the day, you put this idea into my head. The, the day of the episode, I had not yet considered this as a possibility. I was, you know, just joyfully going about my life, not thinking, I don't want to try to predict this season. I just want to enjoy it in the moment. And you said, hey, what if... Adam tries to like step up and become the the big gun and just absolutely gets annihilated and ends up getting his ass voted out and I was like what obviously that would be fucking amazing like why would I not love that and then I'm watching the episode and every single bit of it is telegraphing exactly what you had said adam was wearing the clown shoes he's he's getting the fucking come up and said it he had a confessional that said rob should play more like him 
I was like, this could not be more perfect. This is as close to a Drew Christie edit as you can get in an all-winner season. And the comeuppance never fucking come up, and I blame you. Well, it didn't come up enough, right? Like, there's some comeuppance that mm. came there, but yeah, no, I like, I was like, literally, like, he's gonna march, he's gonna have the whole plan to take out poverty, and then it's gonna, you know, you know, flip on him. I even said, like, I want it to happen, like, early in the episode, and then they flash back to see how, like, you know, uh, Rob and poverty pulled off the heist. Like, that would have been cool. Yes. I didn't, that part I didn't exactly expect to happen. Just the, like, I, I, I thought it could happen, and it was like, it, it was happening. Now, I gotta say, I, I, I still wasn't convinced heading into Tribal Council. I was fairly convinced that it wasn't going to be poverty. I just yes. because it just they they they, they, they telegraph that one too soon in the episode for it to feel real. But you know, there was enough dith- dithering on the side of uh, dithering isn't even the right word. But you know, like the the people who were going to make the ultimate voting decision didn't seem completely locked into the Adam decision. But then it's like ah, I I don't feel like they've sold enough that it's going to be you know Rob or you know Ethan who was briefly mentioned but not that much. So I'm like, oh man, it's got to be. I think it's. Could it be? Could it be? This is, oh my god, this is going to be so amazing. And I gotta say, as soon as they showed Rob's big Cheshire Cat smile at the third Ethan vote, or third Adam, Adam vote, vote yeah. whether that was the, the sequence of events or not, I was like, crap. Yeah. It's, like, uh, I, I, it's, it's too soon. You need a fourth vote before he should feel good, and sure enough. Yeah. Sure enough. So, ah, oh, it was it was almost everything we wanted, and instead, it was something we no, nobody wanted. Nobody wanted. <sighs> It's so devastating. I mean, I get that the show wants to keep you in suspense, but come on, it was set up on a platter. Like, I think a lot of times in recent seasons, the show knows that we know their beats, and so they intentionally play to that and then mix it up so that you get thrown off. Um, so, yeah, there was all the setup for Adam getting clowned and going home here, and then it just didn't deliver and i feel deceived and hurt and angry and all those things because i want to speak to your manager how dare you exactly sirs um i yeah and it is sirs Um, i've seen the staff of this show anyway it just it was all set up you know adam for me is not that interesting of a player i however was enjoying him in this episode because he he was entertaining and that he was about to get totally punked. That would have been entertaining. I would have been like, wow, what a way to lose him. That was fun. And yet, no. Swing and a miss. It didn't happen. Yeah, heading into this episode, I was actually psyching myself up for having to, like, praise Adam in case, you know, it went the way that, you know, the... The commercials wanted us to think it would go the way, frankly, the way that a lot of people think that, I mean, all of us feel at some point it's going to go. I was like, yeah, hey, at least the guy's taking a swing. Like, hey, um, we got to credit him for sacking up, and I guess there's that. But then he just started screwing up. Like, oh, no, this will be better. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I should say that, you know, we've said several points already in this season. Like, we keep an open mind. Like, if you are bringing a better game than you had before – totally willing to acknowledge that and praise you for your evolving better game this time um if adam had successfully pulled that off i mean what are you gonna do just you gotta tip your cap respect to the man um because that would have been something would have been devastating but it also would have been like well bravo you know you did it 
And yet, not that, but also not Adam screwing it up so much that he went home. So it's like, oh, what a just downfall on several levels there. Yeah. Now, I think the tap, the hat tipping, uh, respect uh that we need to give is instead the the people who flipped us up on him and decided you know what no we're not going to do adam's move but we're also not going to do the move that um you know th- that we told rob that we're going to do and that's taking out ethan and um do we feel like this was the right move by by the uh, four people who did it so i have a theory that was not explicitly expressed in the show but i think we have enough of like circumstantial evidence that we can probably assume this is pretty close to what was happening. Um, at some point early on, Parvati had said when voting out Natalie that she did this to break up the Jeremy, Natalie, Michelle trio, um, thus giving the Rob Parvati, Ethan trio supremacy within the tribe and also opening up Jeremy and Michelle to be free agents for that group. I think. What seems pretty likely here is that Jeremy and Michelle got their revenge for that and said, okay, well, bye-bye your power trio that took out ours and left them with just two people. The nice thing is this probably then allows those two groups to work together just out of necessity. So was this the right move? Probably yes, because in doing that and taking Ethan out, you now essentially move yourselves probably into a majority position in the tribe, not just a plurality. Yeah, I, I you know, I hate it. I wish they hadn't done it, right. but I think it was a great move. Yeah. I think, yeah, if, if, for, yeah, we're going to get into this pretty quickly, but, you know, since they're bound to determine not to make the direct move, uh, taking out Ethan and thus, you know, making, you know, two is smaller than three and bringing that power and also, you know, Frankly, as a signal to Adam that um, we're on to you, buddy, and we're not going. <laughs> None of nobody here does Adam's bidding. Right. That's not how we do not work. call the shots. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a good you know end around move to take out Ethan, and uh, so I have to respect it, even though I hate it. I was, I'm getting back to the hate. Actually, I don't know if we've talked about our feelings enough. Uh, one thing I said, you know, that, that every vote this season has kind of put us at is it's re- kind of really putting you like p- where your favorites lie get, becomes very stark. I feel like this one didn't really give that to me because you know as you could be like, well, at least it wasn't poverty, but I'm like. Is that better? Ooh. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to lose poverty either, but losing Ethan wasn't great. And I, I think where I was at is, um, they were on par. You know, I wouldn't have, I would have felt bad either way. Yes. So, um, the one thing, I guess, losing Ethan is the reason why we've loved him this season hasn't really been gameplay based. I mean, he's, you know, he's been in conversations and all that. So that looked well of him. Clearly not well enough. Um, but it's mostly been like the great vibe that he's brought to the season and you know, the 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 zest for, you know, this experience. So maybe he'll bring that to the part of the show that we keep getting force fed anyway. That, like the one good thing is we don't necessarily lose what's great about Ethan by having him taken from one spot in the show to another spot. Yeah, and I see I didn't see it as quite so close i still wanted to keep parvati around although one of the commenters on our website did make the very valid point that like okay but really what has parvati done this season that makes you like so upset that she would be going home good question (laughs) 
I, I think in that case, it's just more of track record plus potential. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I know that Parvati's A game, to me at least, is higher than Ethan's. Ethan's is unexpectedly high, <laughs> which Ethan might also be at times. Um, but I just, Parvati to me is the better, more interesting, more dynamic player of the game. Whereas Ethan is just fun. I think Parvati can bring that fun, but also bring you an interesting, entertaining game. Yeah, no, I'm still waiting for the poverty shallow that's there. And there's time, right? Like, we yes. got a taste of it when it seemed like she was going to get her revenge on Adam. You know, she cut, you know, a good, you know, heel promo and such. Uh, the other thing is, I think poverty um, helps Rob's game more than Ethan does. I mean, yeah. For my own indications, it doesn't seem like Ethan went to poverty and Rob with Adam's plan to vote out poverty. Uh, it seems like that information was received by her once Rob gave it to them. So, you know, just from that perspective, but like the, the, the dueling, you know, shield and, you know, threat and stuff that they provide each other again in game is more important. And yeah, I think uh, like what I like about Ethan is character work. Well, I can still get that hopefully, right. you know, and we're going to get into that a bit. Whereas I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of value for poverty on, um, you know, edge of extinction or at least no more so than anybody else there. She'll be another person you know trying to find stuff right and And i and my general hope slash vision for this season was that we would eventually get to a post-merge scenario where the actual legends of the game are still left and are coming at each other and parvati needs to be there for that if that's actually going to happen parvati is on the mount rushmore and thus needs to be in this group that's going head to head yeah, and I suppose the last thing, and this will kind of tie into the next thing we talk about, is, you know, Ethan going home was a result of, you know, really smart counter moves by, you know, Jeremy and Michelle. Yeah. And, yeah, and again, maybe Ben and Denise, we could throw them some credit, too. Um, if Poverty went home, that would have been the result of, you know, moves by Adam. Right. And that's not, that would be so much uh, more uh, frustrating. Um, so at least we have, you know, Adam's failure tied into that. And let's dig into a bit more uh, of the, the moves that Adam made here, because well, there were some interesting choices. Yeah, and quickly before we move on to that, I, I think you're kind of hitting on something that, that matters to me as a fan, and I don't know that we're necessarily going to get this, but when you see the legends taking out, you taken out, you want it to happen from another legend, right? Like, that's why I want them all around for the post-merge, is because you know, if Kim's going home, I don't want it to be at the hands of like, Ben, I, I want it to be like Kim and Sandra went head to head and Sandra took her out like, oh, damn, that would be devastating. But at the same time, like, damn, good move, Sandra, or, you know, Yule going up against Parvati, just big names. You know, it's, it's, I'm not all that moved when the lower tier people come and take my, uh, my kings and queens out of this game. Yeah. And for me, like, isn't necessarily like, has to be the names. If this is how, you know, a Sophie or somebody makes her name and then steps into that circle, great. I don't want that person to be Adam, so that's part of it. Right. Uh, also, I now I feel like enough time has passed that, you know, say Parvati or Robert and the next people to go. Highly likely. Um, it's not just because, you know, they came in with, you know, two hands tied behind their back. Like, there's been enough time. Whereas in previous seasons, it's like, or, or if they had been taken out early, like, you know, frankly, they probably should have been. Um, it would have just been like, well, what are you going to do? You know, they had no shot at this game. They've had shots, um, you know, and they've had opportunities and they, you know, they haven't taken advantage of it just yet. 
I, there's still time, but we'll see. Uh, so now I guess it'd be a little less, you know, painful. And that's the thing about like all the, the boat outs besides Amber. It hasn't felt like a hundred percent like, uh, reputation based, you know, mm-hmm. Natalie obviously had the thing with, you know, being on the same tribe as Jeremy and that's unfortunate, but all of it still seems like you can at least point to, you know, there were this season game reasons for it to happen as opposed to just all outside of the game reasons. Right. So now we should finally get on to a discussion of Adam's quote-unquote moves here. Let's talk about the first move, because it was the first thing that happened in the episode, and you touched on it real quick. Uh, the goddamn audacity of this pissant little fucker to be saying that, you know, Rob should play like him. Oh, uh, how the fuck was that not the confessional, like, of, of like, setting Adam up? Like, how... Do you deliver that confessional and then you're not voted out by Rob at the end of the episode? Like, narratively, that's what needs to happen. This was what proves this show is not rigged or fixed in any way because that would have been the story that needed to happen. Like, Adam being like, nah, these guys are underestimating me. I can do this. I'm the king. And then Rob being like, yeah, not, not really though. And then taking him out. Like, that's the story. And we didn't get it. And I just say, like, that one was teased, uh, like, I think before the episode, like, they, you know, they, 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 they released that as a little preview. And, uh, I, I, I wasn't even fully offended. Um, it was more like, don't do this. Yeah, uh, the show, don't do this. Don't let, like, don't let him take out Rob after saying that. I can't, I will, I, I can't have a world where Adam gets to call the shot and be like, oh, Rob's gonna be more like me. No, no. Uh, and so I'm glad, I'm glad that that did not come to pass. Um, because, look, we talked about it. He can't be you. And frankly, none of you want him to be. All of you guys are seeking the shelter provided by Rob's shadow, increased though it is. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so no, you need Rob on that uh, wall. You want him on that wall. And no, he can't play like you. If he comes out the gate and tries to be, you know... And Adam and tries to hide behind everybody. You just get rid of the guy because he's doing you no good. Right, exactly. That's not his role. That's not his game to play. And I think we discussed this in last episode. Rob and Parvati cannot fly under the radar. (laughs) The radar is only trained on them. So what the hell other game do you expect Rob or Parvati to play? Adam, not playfully suggesting seemingly earnestly suggesting that Rob could take a page out of the Adam playbook because, hey, sure, Rob has played this game multiple times and has gone against some of the legends of this game, but let's not forget, Adam beat Hannah and Ken in a final tribal council, so he kind of knows what he's doing. Yeah, now let's talk about that playbook because I feel like he actually followed the Adam uh, Klein playbook to a T this episode and that is uh he got overconfident he thought he could be buddy buddy with everybody and didn't want anybody to be upset at him and in the as a result ended up looking like a clown like like him going to you know ethan but at least ethan's a little more understanding and then later rob with his big plans because he wants them still on his side when he's after you mean you we're gonna work together i adam klein will protect you rob mariano um that's him going to like taylor after he makes a fool 
fool of himself. Like, that's him just not, like, letting things lie. He has to be liked, and he thinks that he can just talk his way through everything. Whereas, like, I don't know if he's ever fooled anybody. I feel like even Millennials vs. Chinex, the season that he won, unanimously, everybody knew what Adam Klein was about. They just didn't care. Right, because at no point was he the most threatening presence in the game until the final three. (laughs) At that point, there's just no other option. So, uh, yeah, it it was fascinating to watch him, you know, as as you put it, sack up and, uh, and take this shot, really overestimating his own gameplay. Um, I do think that it was pretty transparent, especially to Rob. And that was clear once we got to final tribal council or uh, sorry, not final tribal, that, but we got to tribal council and Rob was listening to Adam talk and finally just interrupts. And it's like, no, everyone can see what you're doing here. You're extremely transparent. And Adam was trying to play it off. But of course, Rob, to his credit, kept hammering at home. No, we all understand what you're doing. We get it. And it was great. Put the man in his place, which again is one of the reasons I thought we were losing Adam. And this is like the second time in the you know edit we've gotten. Obviously, so much gets thrown out at Tribal Council, where Adam has tried to throw Rob under the bus. You know, in the first episode, which yeah, he was fighting for his life at that point, or at least you know possibly it, the votes ended up going to Denise that weren't all for Natalie. Uh, that like you know why are you talking about I, me and her just met? Some people are married to each other, and yeah, now he's here like statues. Like, bro, I know what you're doing, and you know, frankly, like, fine. These are the things people should be talking about. Again, going against Rob is probably a good idea, but if you're going to do it, fucking do it. None of this, like, you're not going to trick him with your, you know, um, you know, deep knowledge of Survivor or anything. He knows what you're doing. And you didn't trick him in the conversation when, you know, you led him to talking about poverty. Um, you know, and that you were going to protect him. Like, like that is just, you know, pure, you know, hubris at that point where Adam is just clear that, you know, I've got my plan. We're all voting poverty. This is going to happen. Hell, even Ethan's on board. What could Rob possibly do about it? Yeah. So, and this is the next move of Adam's that we should discuss because I think the way Rob handled it was a freaking masterclass because, the conversation he had with Adam was basically a flawless sales job. He never says no to the idea. And every reply that he gives to Adam is essentially like, oh, man, are are we really doing this? You, you've got like he's getting all this confirmation and information out of Adam, getting him to basically give up the entire plan and acting as though he's going to go along with it and that he's really hurt by this and that he needs reassurances, blah, 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 as though he gets it. Oh, Adam, you've bested me. And then immediately, if you believe the uh, timeline of the edit, goes and uses all the info that Adam just gave him as a weapon, which was perfect Boston Rob game plan, like walks right over to Jeremy and Michelle. And it's like, hey, I know the plan. Stop fucking playing around. I know the actual vote is poverty. Let's talk about this and beautiful, right? Like, yeah, it, was that not the perfect response? Yeah, no, it was so masterful and it kind of goes to the, and I don't want to overpraise Rob in an episode that, you know, he clearly took a hit, yeah. right? But like just in that scene, it's just 
kind of underlines the things that we've been seeing from in the season and where how his game is so incongruent with the people that around him and that he just will directly say something and it puts you know it puts people to the test right there because yeah you know jeremy and michelle are trying to do the thing that you know you're, you're supposed to do the usual thing oh yeah no the, this other plan that we know you're involved in and he's just like yeah no, 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 i know what the plan is stop fucking with me uh he didn't yes you know, curse but basically that um and, and, um, like, I think in the scene, you can see it. Michelle is taken back a bit. I think she recovers really fairly pretty well yeah. to her credit. I mean, well enough that, you know, Rob seems to leave that conversation believing that the target has moved to Adam. Um, but yeah, it's just like that's the Boston Rob way. Now, Jeremy, I thought was really great in this scene because, yeah, what well, his taken back for, you know, he can form a smile because I think Jeremy enjoys this stuff. Uh, I, I, and it's more so this season than I think even in past seasons. I mean, yeah, his first season, he didn't seem to enjoy much of anything. Uh, Cambodia, he was much more chill. And now, you know, he's rolling with the hits. And then he gives like Rob a wink, like, nah, that ain't what we doing. Like, that's what Adam thinks we're doing, but we got this other thing, right? Um, so again, you know, good work by Michelle and Jeremy after being pressed, but again, Again, you kind of see the power of Rob and why maybe people are a little afraid to take him on because they don't know how to deal with somebody who will just ask you things. Yeah, and Jeremy in that scene, it was funny because I immediately thought of him back in San Juan del Sur constantly complaining like, man, I'm dealing with a bunch of morons. Whereas here, it is very clear that this is higher level survivor play and Jeremy feels so comfortable and totally into it. And like you said, just delivers this calm, casual wink. Like, don't worry. Already five steps ahead of you, buddy. We've got the counter plan in motion. And beautiful response to Rob's equally beautiful game planning there. Like, it was good survivor being played all around, except by Adam. Yeah. Which, yeah, that, that that's it. That's what we want, right? Yep. Yeah, other than we didn't get the result we want. But yeah, we want to see really good survivor play by most of these people. And then, you know, the people that we don't like as much, yeah, those are the people we, we can find to see, uh, bad stuff. Cause frankly, a good survivor play often will result in something bad from another player. player. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, just Adam just showed like, you know, yeah, A for effort, I suppose, but you ain't got it in you. You are not a mastermind. And, like, just the whole, you know, the way he conceived that he could, you know, get Boss and Rob on his side this way. Uh, and then the way he was talking, it's just, it just felt like the hubris of a young man and just feeling like, ah, oh, what's this old guy really got anyway? It, yeah, you know, this isn't Redemption Island, buddy. You need to know what us new schoolers are all about. And, uh, like, like, I feel like you only make that move if you feel, and forget the Rob of it all. Forget, you know, yeah, that he's, you know, played forever and is professional survivor player. Just anybody. The way you approach somebody like this is the plan and we're going to take out your alliance mate, you only do that if you feel like they have no power to do anything about it. And that comes from a place of arrogance. And that's why it was so satisfying to seem like it with that arrogance is going to get struck down, except that it didn't. It took out Ethan. And as we've said many times, we appreciate earned arrogance around here. That was unearned arrogance. And that type of arrogance is the stuff that we love to see get penalized. And it just didn't. Although, one minor penalty, and again, this is another example of, I think, good gameplay taking place with other people. Denise, upon hearing that Adam is running his mouth about this, to her credit, despite Adam being, as far as we know, her number one, is like, hmm, no, no, no. 
I'm backing out of this thing because Adam doing that does put her at risk because it shows that Adam is playing a different game that she's not involved in. And so she, at least for this vote, backs away, doesn't clue Adam into the plan and votes with these other three people instead. So credit to her. Like I, I worried that she would, especially after last episode where I think she did falter, um, good comeback for her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think she definitely improved her standing from where she was last episode where I really felt like, Oh no, is, you know, has Denise lost the fastball? Is she not what she thought we thought she was? I think she might be what we thought she was. Like she has, at least in this situation, a clear, rational analysis of what's taking place. And Adam presents too much risk to her. Yeah, and we'll see where she takes it from there. She even seemed like to entertain the notion that it's like, all right, like not only is she not have to fill him in, but she might have to just fully cut bait. And I, I get, I get not voting Adam out though. You know, like it would have been so satisfying, and there are reasons to do it. Obviously, the boy was feeling himself a bit, and you know how reliable uh, an alliance partner is somebody who tells the person that's not supposed to be told about things. But at the same time, you know, Ethan was probably a higher priority at this point. Hey, you had an interesting uh, theory about Rob that you wanted to bring up. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I feel like we've been saying how great Rob did in this episode, despite the fact that he clearly lost this one. Um, yeah. One thing that I'm kind of wondering, and I'm not saying this is definitely happening, but over the past two episodes, it has appeared to me, you know, Rob's been on the puzzle for both of the challenges in the past two episodes, which were for immunity. And not that Rob is a puzzle god, but we do know he is good at puzzles. And it really seemed like in both episodes, he was not necessarily giving his all in those puzzles. And maybe he was, maybe it just doesn't seem that way. But here's just a wild theory I'm going to throw out there. He could be throwing this because, as we noted in an article that we wrote about Rob on our website just this past week, Rob has been very comfortable in the past letting people go that are not of any value to Rob's game. So Rob knows from this tribe that he started off on, he's got definitely Parvati, definitely Ethan, that are of value to him. Presumably, he also thinks, to some degree, Michelle, Jeremy are maybe somewhat valuable. But beyond that, he has no use for the rest of this tribe. The numbers that he might be interested in are all on the other tribe. So not knowing the situation over there and which one of those people might get voted out if that tribe were to lose... Maybe Rob thinks, you know what? I'm in a good position on this tribe. I feel like we're controlling enough of the vote that it's not going to be me so or any of my crew, so I feel pretty safe. I'm good with losing these challenges and taking out these people that I don't care about that aren't useful to my game while hopefully keeping that other side strong enough that they're keeping around the players that I might need later. Yeah, no. I just think he's... <laughs> I think he's just losing. It could you know? be. Like, there was, it was like, you know, do you think you, they came up a bit last week, and it's like, oh, look, look, man, you're you're going to be hard pressed to find a bigger, you know, Rob Ben than me out there. 
But, like, the man ain't flawless. I think he's just losing. He's just losing. Like, last week, I think, he thought that it was going to be a legitimate strategy. We do the work here at the table, and then the pieces will fall into place. And it was wrong. He was, you know, it was just a biffed strategy combined with, and it has to be noted, both of these. I mean, maybe Sophie's just better at it than him, right? You know, like, you know, we, we should give some credit to, you know, the person succeeding, not just the person failing. Sure. The other part here is, like, he was doing well on the puzzle. Like, they made up time. They were, you know, seconds behind. Um, so it wasn't like uh, the puzzle was a joke. Where they choked is, again, it was still him. It was throwing that rope. Yeah. You know, he did not, you know, hook that thing as fast as Wendell did. Um, that's basically, I think, what ended up being the difference here. Because, you know, the puzzle was that close. Now, I, I see what you're saying. Like, he doesn't seem to be, you know, moving as quickly at the puzzle, but I kind of feel like that's, that's his way. Like, he's, he, sometimes quickly in a puzzle isn't necessarily better, right? Sure. And, uh, you know, I think both he and Poverty have this ability right now, uh, is that they're more able to remain calm in these situations than other players are. And, you know, he's been here forever. He's done it all. He's seen it all. So he's not panicked in the puzzle. And again, like, it almost worked. They almost came back and they were pretty far behind starting. Like, I feel like, um, uh, Sophie and uh, who they she have uh, who cares? Uh, Sophie and who? Oh, Sarah. Um, they were like I think four or five pieces in before they even started that puzzle. Yep. So they did all right. And yeah, and I think it's the same. Like poverty, not in challenges, but like at camp, she's not panicked because man, she's been here before. Man, like it's, it's been a long time since poverty child has played a season where they weren't trying to get her like through the whole pre pre merge. Um, you know, she's been there where, you know, she just had two other people that she could count on. So, yeah, this isn't going to rattle her. So, I, no, I, I don't, you know, I can, you know, it's a fun little argument. The other part of it is, you know, the man probably doesn't fear the edge of extinction. Um, in fact, you know, if you listen that one Dalton uh, interview, kind of suggested, like, he might have plans to, you know, play from a different side. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you know, I think some of that might have been, the recognition that, you know, the pairing that he entered in the game with, one of them is going to be in one side, and you can interpret that how you want, and one in the other. Uh, but now, I, I think, I think he just took some L's. That's all. Uh, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not willing to assign him that status of, you know, it's all part of the plan. It is entirely possible. As I said, I don't necessarily believe it. I'm just saying it's worth considering. The other thing that might be a point in that theory's favor, if Rob was throwing challenges, like uh, this show generally does not treat kindly those who throw challenges because, you know, I think Probst and the crew that make the challenges are offended by those that choose to throw those challenges. So Rob, they couldn't really throw under the bus for doing that because, you know, Rob is kind of a face of the franchise type. So it was sort of, you know, risking the brand if you start to uh, suggest that Rob's doing something like that. So. So you just edit out like him ever talking about it because you don't want to sell that. I, and, it's it's so, again crazy theory, but maybe. And just quickly on that, like it is imperative on the show to not promote the idea that these things that take up huge fractions of their of the airing time of the episode and that a significant chunk of the audience watches for are, you know, um, superfluous and unnecessary. Like, you know, yeah, yes, it absolutely can be a good strategy to throw a challenge, but, like, the show can't promote that idea because you can't 
promoting the idea they had of the viewer of like why even bother? Yeah, and frankly, like obviously, a lot of fans have that, like super fans, but that's not necessarily who you're targeting. No, you know, it's why gambling in baseball is worse than like steroids because you can't call into question whether people are even trying to win these things or not. Yeah, at least like steroids or sign stealing, like they're trying to win so much they're cheating. Yeah, <laughs> gambling is like we don't want people to not try and win because it, the whole thing falls apart. Because if people aren't trying to win, why are you even trying to watch? Exactly. Um, uh. Instead of moving on from Rob, we have one other topic, but this is like uh, more about uh, the people around Rob. Um, why are they so focused on weakening Rob <laughs> instead of just eliminating Rob? It's, it's so perfect because you know what would really weaken Rob? Edge, Not being there. Edge of extinction. That would, that would be a thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the the thing is at this point, and we're not seeing a ton of it in confessionals because it would kind of be giving away the game, but. Um, I think Jeremy and Michelle want Rob and Parvati around. Um, I think Jeremy wants meat shields. I think Michelle wants to work with Parvati. And I think there may be there some thinking, um, especially from Jeremy, that Rob has an idol or some other sort of advantage because Jeremy knows about how the tokens work. He's gotten an advantage from Natalie that way. So he might be afraid. He knows Amber's on Edge of Extinction. He might be afraid Rob has already gotten some sort of advantage or idol from Edge of Extinction. So maybe that gives him pause. I think that's probably just a point in the calculation. I don't think that's the main point. Yeah, and that makes sense to me. Like uh, the angle of we're worried that Rob has something, you know, uh, because like Jeremy's only gotten one thing, like where's all the other things, right? He doesn't know that, uh, uh, Natalie's spreading them around. Um, so, you know, that makes sense. That's why you go against the person that Rob doesn't think you're voting for in Ethan. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think like all these people, none of them want to be an alpha, right? Like, you know, it might you know, rub Ben raw that Rob is an alpha, but I think for all of them, it's like, you be that. You can be the figurehead, Rob, and you know, do the per- be the person that makes the final decision on all this because we are all more comfortable not being that. And I want to make clear that is a valid choice. Yep. You know, alphas rarely ever win this game. Um, so I think in that sense, like he is useful for all of them as you know, again the shield. But more than that, just like the the figurehead, the person that's going to take the heat if there's a swap. You know, they're, they're going to come after Rob before they come after you. Uh, so I think that's kind of like, they're all right now more comfortable not being the leader. And that's why, like, you can take out Parvati, who, like, is also a big shield, but she's not an alpha either, right? Like, Rob, that's all he is. It's like, he can't be anything but. He's the alpha's alpha. Put him in any group and they're still going to gravitate towards Rob. Um, or push up against him if you're a fellow, a fellow alpha, which we, you know, saw with Russell or whatever. Um, so I think that, I think all of that is kind of into it. Like, you know, they're, they're worried that there could be some blowback from advantages. And yeah, Jeremy has that idea, but I think all, everybody, like whenever we heard that this was a thing, we we're like, oh, so Rob's going to get advantages from Amber. <laughs> yeah. Obviously we as listeners got a bit more explanation of how fire tokens and were going to work than these players who hadn't heard of it until Joe Probst told them. But like, the first Edge of Extinction featured people on Edge of Extinction giving things to people not on Edge of Extinction. So just that, you'd assume that, like, Rob has an inside track on that because, 
you know, the second person sent there was his wife. Yeah. So that's that. And then, yes, I think, I, I do think Jeremy and Michelle at least want to keep their options open with them. And that's where, you know, Ethan wasn't really a resource to them. Um, so I think there are good reasons, uh, and not all of it has to do with just being scared, but yeah, it is just funny. It's like, Oh, we got to weaken him. And it's like, the only way we like weakening him works is if like, you're not truly scared of him. You just don't want the guy to have too much power, but you don't want to get rid of him because yeah, if you're like really worried about him, like you had it, man, you could have just done it now. Yeah. I mean, you certainly had the numbers to make it happen and didn't take the shot. So, um, I appreciate that they ended up not taking that shot. But I also see how he's valuable to various people's games. And I think in particular this time, it was Adam. That's the one that's trying to corral this move and round up the votes. Yeah. We covered this in the preseason, but Adam's not really the one that they're going to uh, place a lot of respect in as a shot caller. So probably better for him to not aim at the, biggest of the big targets they went for poverty so it's like uh you know if i can get them to come around on this one then it's like haha i've established that i can do this and next time i'll get robbed so maybe that was the plan yeah and I, like i just want to make like, clear i think they can have good like they might not be idiots for doing it not doing it the flip side is though it's like this is how you know he wins and survives right it's like everybody's like oh no no we'll just wait we'll just wait and then they're like oh well I thought we were waiting. Like I, I, to this day, I still feel like that's what some of the people on Redemption Island were doing. <laughs> They're like, you know, um, that they, they had at least in their mind, like we should, we'll, we'll take care of Rob eventually. But like now, you know, we'll let him take the lead. He, we don't know what we're doing, and also he has an idol. Uh, and then there was never an opportunity. So it's like eh, balance that. Yeah, you know, he can be useful for your games, but you know. Um, as Adam found out, he is not here to play your games. Uh, and he does have agency, even if he doesn't have, you know, the amount of power that, you know, you would often expect. Uh, let's throw it to the other side. Oh, let's finally talk about the other tribe. Yeah, I mean, lose some if you want us to talk about you more, Dakal, because basically what we got here is, you know, all of the little battles of Sele and Tony. Tony stuff! Tony stuff is great! Hell yes. I, it's just... It would have been such a disservice to us, the viewers, to not get this Tony content. And I think it it felt a little contrived that Sarah would be like, oh, I need to loop Tony in and come up with a plan for me for this ridiculous stunt of going to another camp. But at the same time, if producers told Sarah, hey, go get Tony involved, bravo, because it's a television show and... Sarah does not quite deliver the goods. The combo of Sarah and Tony, however, is something I am more than willing to watch. And that scene was fantastic. I assume you agree. Yeah, I mean, look, I can see Sarah being like, I need help getting out of camp. Like, just somebody who, like, makes sure that, like, it's not noticed that I've left this camp. And you know, her number one ally, the only person she was really, truly aligned with is Tony. And she probably brings that to him. And now Tony, of course, has to come up with ideas. Yes, because and, Tony cannot do anything at the basic level. He has to go full on Rube Goldberg, mousetrappy, like insane scheme with this. 
Yeah, she tells him something, and then it's, um, you know, the, all the mice in the traps are just running, 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 and Tony just comes up with stuff. And at this point, let's give her full credit, full mark. Sarah's like, fine. Yep. Let's do Tony's thing. Like, I, I don't think Sarah thought she needed a camouflage. Nope. It's fucking dark, man. Like, she, her forehead, I don't think, glows that much. But, yeah, you know, Tony's like, oh, man, wait, we gotta do this. And, we're good, good. We're good. and you gotta sneak here. And all this. And then she's like, okay, fine. It'll be fine. I, I get the impression, you know, of some of this preseason and all that. Like, Sarah, actually, not even the impression. I know for sure Sarah knows how, um, you know, she was, her, was received in her winning season as not fun. She's actually done some good jokes about it. Um, that, yeah, you know, basically she don't care. The money's still spent. Right. Which is the best attitude to have. Of course. Um, I think she's like, yeah, fine. This will be fun. Uh, you know, why not? I I should get camera time too. The Tony is the master of it. If you know, I have to be his co-star. Let's go for it. I like that she just went ahead and spit in there too because that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> and so I I think the nice thing is that we got to see, like, I think. It's probably really fucking boring out there, especially when you don't yep. have to strategize. You're not losing any challenges. So, you know what? It was probably a little column A, a little column B. Sure, she didn't need Tony involved, but at the same time, like, she's probably like, I'm fucking bored. Tony's fun. Let's play around with this. Like, I'm absolutely getting this advantage because it, who fucking cares even if they see me in their camp? But while we're here, let's have fun with this. And I appreciate it. I, very much enjoyed them doing ridiculous things like spitting into a coconut full of ash. What could no, possibly it's, happen? It's so great. It's just like that. Like we've said, and I'll keep saying it all season. It's a theme of this podcast is that, you know, most everybody we love is going to fail. Yep. Um, you know, the, the best success we could have is one of them not. And we're not guaranteed that either. Uh, so what we want is moments of excellence uh, from the people we love. And every time we get Tony, Tony's reminding us why we love him. You know, and he might not ever get to do that on a gameplay level. But, you know, he's one of the greatest characters in the history of the show and he has been delivering top shelf stuff and that that one was a highlight but we also got tony with the shark like it, that basically it feels like this this is these are like the producer segments like the breakdowns it's like okay we got you know we got challenge we got tribal we've got you know, edge of extinction scene we've got you know we need a couple of blocks of the strategizing of the losing team which is say most of the time and then we have tony block do we have yeah. do we need a second tony block like that that's, you know, I, they do some perfunctory oh tyson and sandra blah 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 but really it's like okay what's tony gonna give us this week and it, right there's new stuff every time but what insane things has tony done that we can put on television <laughs> and fortunately for them there's a treasure trove just waiting there for them to pick from um i have just genuinely enjoyed a lot of things they've done from a production standpoint this season one weird and minor note a they started the show with like a intro music that used actual words like which is a thing that I don't ever recall happening before um, mm -hmm. really set the tone, cool vibe and all that stuff. But also they had Tony singing baby shark, which I'm pretty sure they had to pay money for. And they've been super resistant to doing that in the past. So that was just for me, a nice little sign that they're like, fuck it. Spare no expense. We're having fun this season. We're making the best possible show that we can for you. And 
I think it doesn't just end there. Like the little touches are fucking awesome this season. It feels like everything they're doing is making this season more substantial. We had that whole like silent standoff scene at Sele where they're just all sitting around staring at each other and no one's making a move like silence for a good 20, 30 seconds. And it was freaking great. And, uh, we also, what was, uh, shit. Okay, that that's the only other scene I remember. Go ahead. All right, I'm going to blow your mind with this fucking take. Just, hold on. I hope you're sitting oh, okay. down. Um, Let me hold on. It might be sturdy. easier. Yeah, yeah. It might be easier to stitch together high level of television when the performers on camera give you good things to do. I, I, know, I, know, I know it's always the editor's fault when things aren't falling into place, but maybe, just maybe, the um, bounty of options they have in terms of, you know, charisma and performance and gameplay and all of that um, has given them great stuff to work with. And some maybe, just maybe, having strong raw material will lead into high-level editing. So, two things. One... I actually did hold on to my seat while you were saying that. I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> this is radio. And two, um, a point in the favor of your argument. Last se- or last week, they had the uh, secret scene of Ethan and Parvati fucking around about the uh, the Danny vote and how Ethan is just too honest and was wanting to tell her. That didn't make the episode. That was A+. plus gold secret scene it didn't make the episode that's how much good quality shit they've gotten this season like a lot of times brad does our secret scene posts i'm sure that man struggles to find anything of note especially in recent seasons but man this season is just loaded and it's because we have people that are very good and very entertaining and it's beautiful, and I'm so in love with this season. Which brings us to a negative note. Um, we'd have more time for those scenes, although I do think there was a very specific reason why the Parvati-Ethan scene would never make it. Sure. Which is basically, it was too playful for the time of the episode. Uh, they were trying to sell high stakes. You know, is this going to be, you know, the doom of these groups? And that, that would be deflated by, you know, Parvati and Ethan just goofing on, you know, how they lie to people. Just from, like, a, a mood uh, room, I think that would be cut out. But, um, yeah, no, like, you know, every time we go to the call, it's uh, you know, not very consequential, but it's fun, you know. But, yeah, my favorite scene was the silence and the stare down and all that. Um I wish we could have more of that than these edge of extinction like mm. treasure hunts. That they're they're not working. Uh I, I was suggesting that like maybe last week the flaw was that like it was a fruitless treasure hunt. You know, it ended up being just settled by Natalie just going for water and stumbling upon it. Uh so this week wasn't that, man. Like Natalie you know, solved the clue. She you know, cleverly you know, sabotaged other people's chances of you know also doing the same. Part you know, Amber thought she had a solution. You know, there was yeah, you know, they weren't all working together. Like it was all there and it, I think it, all of it still is like I I don't want to be here. And that's uh, unfortunate, and it's just the way we're going to live with it. The the, the the flip side we, that I hinted at earlier is like 
maybe Ethan will just bring the pathos to the island. Maybe the pathos hasn't been there. Maybe it really has been people just kind of cordially getting along, waiting for these tokens to show up on their, you know, to, to win a chance at these tokens. Because, uh, like, I thought that they solved one element of Edge of Extinction by adding the tokens and all that, and that, like, these people are clearly still in the game. Look at how they're affecting the game. Um, but as it turns out, I'd rather just spend, like, people time with them rather than, like, walking around finding stuff time. Right. Uh, even the, with the, the people time, you, you probably would tire of that pretty quickly. There's only so much they can say about suffering out there and overcoming the odds and I'm going to make it back in this game, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, the thing is the people time doesn't need to take as long. Right. You know, you need to show like a whole pursuit, obviously not every second of the pursuit, but like, you know, the steps of we did this, we tried this, we tried that yay, I got this, and now this is what I'm going to do with it, or uh, I gave up. Whereas people time, yeah, it could be, oh, this really sucks, and then, you know, Reem makes fun of somebody, and then you move on, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think, similarly for me, Edge of Extinction just isn't delivering. I didn't really expect it to anyway. Um, so, it's disappointing that that can't be yet another Tony block for the episode. Mm-hmm. Um but it's also the sort of thing that they can't eliminate from the actual episode and push to a secret scene because game elements are in play there. Like there's advantages coming into play from there that we need to know about in the show proper. So ah, their hands are kind of tied at this point. Yeah, no, and that's kind of why I want to get at it because I don't feel like we're going to talk about this every week. I, I frankly, I was keeping an open mind about what this, you know, the new tweaks would be. Uh, but yeah, because it is now tied into the narrative, we have to spend time there, and I don't feel like those segments are delivering. Whereas, yeah, before, when it was just kind of checking in with people who are still here, yeah, we could or we couldn't, right? It didn't necessarily have to happen. Um... Yeah, it's like it. I, that's, and may, you know, maybe does this change if Amber finds something to help Rob? Probably. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it doesn't change if somebody I'm more interested in ends up there. Absolutely. That was kind of like my hope for Edge. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, it sucks, but it won't be so bad if that's what saves somebody you love for a bit. And for some people, they love Natalie, so it's really working. For me, I just realized, like, you know, the treasure hunts just aren't really inspiring me one way or another. She's doing well. I think she's made, you know, good decisions. I think, you know, in social media, she exaggerates how much info she had to put in those decisions. Um and, you know, everything's looking good for her right now. The one caution I'll say about that is, like, if she uses all those tokens to buy an idol, that doesn't help her get back in the game. So it's like, yeah, and she'd be like, oh, well, she's getting so much attention. Yeah, because she's there more. You know, the, you know, the person who comes back from Edge of Extinction might not even be there yet. So, like, her current success doesn't necessarily correlate to future success, but she's doing well, and I find that I don't care. Yeah, so let's instead move on to happier topics and talk about our... uh Hopes and predictions for the near future. What 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 are you rooting for here? I want the call to lose. Uh, I, I'm you know, and there's a lot of people on that tribe I like, so you know, it could be another painful situation where they go. But uh, I I want to spend some real time with them. The Tony stuff is great, but I I, I want to get a sense of what's really going down. And we're getting little things about Yule playing, you know, Tyson against Sandra and all that. But uh, until the shit hits the fan, that doesn't mean much. We've gotten that from like winning tribes in the past, possible little dissensions here or there, and then enough time passes and it doesn't really become anything. So uh, I want them to lose next week because I want to spend more real time there. Uh, see, I want them to lose when I feel like certain names have 
gone by the wayside. <laughs> like when it's no longer a hot target on Tyson or Kim or even Sandra, that that's when I want them to lose. You know, I'm, I'm good with uh, the uh, Rob's tribe losing again. If, you know, this coming week they're like, okay, so it's Adam's turn this time. That, that, that's fine if, if they want to lose again. Yeah, well, and then related to that, it'd be nice and we got a taste of this in the preview. Like, what if Tyson, Sandra, and Tony actually could get along long enough, uh, you know, recognizing their mutual interests here, to, like, do a counter-strike against the Unconnected Four? You know, I, obviously, you know, I don't want it to be Yule, but if it's any of those other three, I don't really care. Like, I like Sophie, but, you know, if she has to go, she has to go. Right. If it's Nick, that'd be fantastic, mm-hmm. right? Like, and again, like, I I, I, I want to see it. I, I want to spend some time with that tribe. I find, you know... It becomes a problem in seasons where we don't get to spend a good amount of equal time in both both tribes. That that basically we end up really liking the tribe that loses a lot because those are the people we get to know more, and those aren't always the people that factor in heavily into the end game. So yeah, that, that is just a main thing. Uh, yeah, see them lose, and then hopefully not that means that like Tyson or Kim goes home. And I think there's time for that to not be the case. And obviously Tony too got got to keep. Tony around. I, I just don't think he's in trouble. I, he actually, really, I agree. Who knows? And I'm stunned. Yeah. Well, he, a little observation about that. I think what we're getting is, and you know, in the shark scene, you see this too, is a, a taste of another reason why Tony is so successful. Uh, or when, you know, the time he was successful at Survivor. Obviously, you know, the big thing is, he, you know, he's an aggressive player that just keeps players on their toes and just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. But another thing I think that is, com- like, really undersold, but this season is underlining, is, like, the game's just fucking fun to be around. I think everybody there is enjoying their Tony experience. Yeah, I think Yule is getting, uh, like, a huge kick out of it. Uh, all we get out of Nick is, you know, literally, like, a laugh out of it, and then he gets up off the page, which is great. Um, like, I think this is... And, 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 it sounded like that's just the case often in Kagiyan. And sure, he annoyed people sometimes, you know, Cass especially. But at other times, like, I think people just enjoyed being around the guy. I think that's an energy that especially, you know, within the extreme boredom that they're facing. It's like, hey, give me some more Tony. Like, fr- frankly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if sometimes it's like, God, I'm bored out of my mind. Let me see what I can get Tony. Yeah, to. Tony, do something. <laughs> um Yeah, and I think if you go back and watch that Kagiyan scene, which I did where Tony talks llama, everybody in that scene cracks. Even Cass, who's the one basically being berated by Tony, just breaks into a smile after he does the llama thing. Because, like, how can you not? The man is ridiculous. And as we've discussed, you're bored out of your mind for the better part of your waking hours while you're out there until you're getting to a challenge or whatever it might be. So, yeah, someone to break up the monotony is kind of valuable and. Tony certainly does that. Yeah, and since like he's not doing the threatening things, I, I I don't I I don't see why people would do it right now. They'd be like, eh, let's keep Tony around. He's fun. He's useful. And he's not scaring me right now. Fingers crossed. Um, I'm gonna. All right. Uh, what what's something you'd like to see? I'm gonna put this out there and immediately feel bad about doing it. I wouldn't mind if Sandra was gone because. She's made it clear in preseason interviews that she wants the women gone, and she's also going against some of my other rooting interests, so I wouldn't necessarily be devastated if we lost her. Even though I think she's a great character and I'd like to keep her around and she's fun, to advance the interests of a greater number of my rooting interests, 
it might be necessary for her to go home. Yeah, like heading into the season, I think what we wanted to see more than anything was like the big characters, the greats, instead of attacking each other and making the job easier for the lessers. To unite, yes, uh, work together, and then you know, then you know, face off. And Sandra seems to be the greatest uh, obstacle into that happening. She's not interested. She's not looking to share the crown. Uh, she, I don't think that's where she wants to be. So maybe then she's got to go. <laughs> it's like, come on, it's like we're we're supposed to like you know, not let Nick and you know, Adam and Ben and Sarah take over. Stop, stop messing with the plan. You were on the season where that happened. Yeah, and I, I think that she's the, of the, uh, big names. She is the yeah. one least likely to be interested in a scenario where they're all like, no, it's us first. And then we go at each other. She would be like, no, fuck this. It's me first. I yeah. take care of myself. You all can get voted out in any order imaginable. And, you know, normally that's what we love about her. But, yeah, it's just like this. It's like I want more of you guys longer. That's all. And then, you know, whoever wins, I'll be happy. Uh, Yeah, I can see what you're saying there. Um, Another thing I want to see, and I I touched upon this a bit last week, but, like, I want to see Parvati do things. Yeah. Uh, The specific thing, I want to see her start to work over Michelle. Uh, I want, yeah, and, you know, that was our, you know, the theory of why they didn't vote her out. But, like, come on, Parvati. Like, you have, a, like, a potential, you know, groupie here, like you had in Micronesia. It's time for you to bring people into the fold, and it's time to unleash the full Parvati. And this is why I did not want Parvati gone, because there is that greater potential here. And watching Parvati work her magic on Michelle would be amazing. Like, yes. regardless of how that goes, is it that she, like weaves michelle into her web she's gonna form a new black widows thing she's gonna use her as part of this you know big name alliance whatever it might be even if she essentially mentors michelle into being an actually better more interesting survivor player also fine with that i just i want it to happen there's potential for that storyline and i want to see it and like, I want that more than like seeing Rob and Jeremy work together. Like, yes. I, I want to see some poverty stuff now. I've seen my Rob stuff. Uh, I, I want to see some poverty stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's what I got so far. Otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm still really digging this. Like, this season is just so much. It's just so much. I, I cannot believe the amount that we discussed over the years and all winter season and how fun that would be. Just seeing it play out is so fantastic in ways that i somehow didn't anticipate like i could i could see the list of names prior to this season i was like oh that that's pretty cool that we're getting those names and i even like wrote a whole post for our site about like wow this is kind of crazy you know 10 of these 20 names would be unreal to have as winners that's pretty good odds that we're going to get a great season but it wasn't until it actually started airing that it hit like how monumental this truly is and it's beautiful to watch it play out yeah and just like when everything matters it just feels like so much more right and like 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 even this is like it's such elite level gameplay and so many different parts and the fact that people just know what they're supposed to be doing even like the big screw up this episode adams was a result of like somebody trying to do too much right, right? like really trying to go for it uh and it's just, just like that's what just is all over the place it's just 
you know, and this is what I always wanted. And it's also nice to like an, you know, a theme season, a returnee season where we can't really question anybody's placement in it. Right. Like, yeah, obviously there are some people we would have rather see like, where's Tina? Oh God, do we really need to bring back Nick? But like Nick deserves to be there. He won. <laughs> he has met the qualification of the season. Yeah. You know, there's no side eyeing. Is this really a game changer? Yes. Is this really a hero? Is this really an all star? Like that discussion doesn't need to happen, you know, and like, and frankly, yeah, what are they doing with Nick? Barely anything. <laughs> and so, and that's, like, that's yeah. the beautiful thing is that when you have this cast, you can purple someone like Nick, who really, in this cast, deserves to be purpled. Yeah, until he does something. If he does something, then he'll get his time. Right. But it doesn't have to be just like, you know, he gets to do things because, yeah, who else? And everybody who tried to do things, you know, fell by the wayside. Like, it's just, there's there's so much. And it, it's intense. And, you know, like, the hurt of losing Ethan is there. But there was so much hurt to go around. It could have been, yeah. And, of course, the bigger hurt is, it was so, it was so close. Um but yeah, it's just, it's, it's phenomenal stuff. I'm so psyched. I can't wait till next week. And on that note, you can always find our, uh, everything that we're writing about this season and previous seasons on purplerockpodcast.com. We're doing a whole series now, the 40 most influential players in survivor history. We're several deep at this point. I don't know when you're listening to this. Um, so we'll keep doing those several per week throughout this season, probably even bleeding into a little bit of the off season. And so check those out and you can find us on Twitter. The show is at purple rock pod. Andy is at purple rock. Andy, I'm at purple rock, John. And what else do we need to tell him, Andy? Uh, subscribe to various podcast ways or on YouTube. There's a lot of people who use YouTube for non-video purposes, apparently, because uh, we're getting uh, a lot more uh, hits on that than we thought. So that's good because it's a little more annoying to put it up there. So I'm glad people are watching, listening. Um, yeah, that's good. Uh, check us out uh, next week and um, let's play out some music oh. to you know, pour one out for Ethan.